Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we'll be diving into 1995 Clueless. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for this one. And not only are we doing such a fun movie, but we have two guests for the first time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> one is our returning guest, Josh Waller, who I'm sure you've heard before. <laughs> hey. Say hi, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have a new guest, Miss the wonderful and talented Lindsay Curry. Woo, that's me. Wait, Josh, you're returning? I've done it a few times, yeah. Oh, man, <laughs> I want to be returning. <laughs> you will be next time. <laughs> oh, that'll be my intro next time, returning. It's like, you know, Emmy Award nominee, Josh Waller. Returning Manners <laughs> and Madness podcast guest, Josh Waller. Yeah, that's it's good. Same way. <laughs> Tony Award watching. <laughs> Uh, you may have noticed that we are back on Zoom again. Um, we warned you that it, we would not be consistently on our microphones at home. But, you know, we all have to stay quarantined from each other. So <laughs> please excuse any, um, I guess, weird Zoom qualities to this recording. Um, let's see. Lindsay, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us about yourself. Uh... <laughs> Uh, well, she's a very talented Lindsay. director. <laughs> <laughs> I have to pay people to do this for me. I don't talk about myself very well. I have other people write my bios and stuff. Um, that's not true. We live in Jacksonville. Um, I, uh, my name is Lindsay. My middle name is Michelle. I like to tell wow. people that because um, I feel like your middle name is your closest other name. And we always forget that. Like sometimes I'll hear the name Michelle in, in public and I'm like, that's my name too. <laughs> I, I don't know why that's an interesting fact about me. Sometimes I'll remember that I can't remember some of my best friend's middle names and I'll feel really bad. And I'm like, why don't I know their middle name? <laughs> right. Yeah. It does seem like something. So you should always remind everyone. What's my middle <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't know either. <laughs> I feel bad every time I realize I don't know Josh's middle name. I know Wait. it. No, mine is Michael, which is like the male version Michael. of now. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I did know that. Okay, uh, Michael. Yes, that's perfect. why we're perfect together. <laughs> Tell the world. <laughs> Wait, did you finish introducing? All you said was your middle name. <laughs> I <laughs> leave it at that. Don't. I don't want anybody else to know anything else about me. My name is Lindsay Michelle. That's it. No, um, I, I am a director and an actor, and I try to do as much theater in Jacksonville as I can. Um, I work in education. I'm not going to say where, though. Sorry. There's a great mystery for you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I like to do other things. I don't know. Watch TV. I'm, like, very normal. <laughs> <laughs> I spend a lot of money shopping. I have a real bad at addiction to shopping. <laughs> yes, at Nordstrom. Um, even a little tea on Nordstrom. Can I share this tea on Nordstrom? Please. Yes. Okay. Nordstrom took away their plus size section. And here's the thing about that. I find it annoying that 
I have to, I can't just walk into a regular store and get clothes anyways, which is fine. I understand that that's the thing. I'm not trying to shop at Victoria's Secret. But what I do find annoying is when a store is like, oh, we're size inclusive. And then they take away that section. Why? Why? Why did they do that? So Nordstrom Rack has it. Nordstrom does not. So huh. deuces Nordstrom. I didn't like you anyways. That was a, not, not true. I've spent probably $2,000 at Nordstrom. So Nordstrom, if you're listening, you're not. But if you are, like there are some- back your plus size. <laughs> but you got all those Morty club points, right? <laughs> Oh my God. Right. Yeah. So I don't know if those are still, if those still work, but if someone wants them, they can have them. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. I mean, I don't really know what else to say about myself. Well, how about, do you have any, um, what's your experience with Jane Austen and David Lynch? Do you Mm. have, have you watched any of them, read any? Yeah. Um, I probably, I would say that I probably have more experience with Jane Austen than I do with David Lynch. I know his name. And if I go into a bookstore, I'm like, I know that book cover. That's a David Lynch book cover. Like that's, I think is my experience with him. Um, (laughs) but my Jane Austen experience is just like the movies. I think I read Pride and Prejudice when I was in high school thinking I was like, look how I look at me. I'm reading Pride and Prejudice. Like, don't, don't talk to me. I'm above you (laughs) trying to be real fancy. But other than that, I think it's just the movies that I I've known. Yeah. Which movies do do you like? Do you like, Oh, do I like them? That's a different (laughs) 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 or (laughs) situation. Are you not a period uh, person? Sense and sensibility. Oh, the reason why I watch those movies is for the costumes. It is rarely for the plot line or anything else. Sense and sensibility, I like. That's the one with Emma. Yeah, Thompson. Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Yeah, love her. So I loved that. There's so many adaptations of those books. I don't know how many, like, I guess I should have probably researched that before we did this entire no. podcast where I'm supposed <laughs> to be talking about it. Um, but no, I just want to know like what there's... you've seen, what you remember. Like, yeah. Emma, the most recent one I've seen. Okay. Was there also recently a TV show or a Netflix series or something, a Jane Austen Netflix series? Am I making that up? There was a PBS masterpiece series. I often get PBS and Netflix confused for <laughs> sure. So that's probably what it is. <laughs> Um, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say I have that much experience with it other than just like the movies that have come out in the past few years. Can we please talk about David Lynch, the author and his familiar book cover? (laughs) 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 I just feel like he's one of those people and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I have the, I'm going to Google it while we're talking. Um, I just feel like he's one of those people that has a very stylized book cover. Like it's very specific to David Lynch. Is that not true? Are you talking about like the DVD book or like an actual book? Because he's got. Wait, art is he books. not an author? No. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I thinking of? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. Do not put this on the internet. That's first. Who am I thinking of? Oh my god. All right, I'm googling it as we. He's a director. He directed Twin Peaks. He directed. Um, oh, well, Blue now Velvet. we know why you like him. <laughs> Dune. Yeah. Dune. 
Um, no, I Blue Velvet, Mulholland Drive. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know who that is. We'll have to come back. I'm thinking oh, of it doesn't matter because you're here for Clueless. <laughs> I'm literally thinking of David Sedaris. Oh, oh yeah. David Sedaris. Okay. He does have a very distinct book covers. <laughs> you know what is embarrassing about this whole situation, which I'm not really embarrassed because how can I keep up with everyone? But uh, I've listened to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like I've listened to this podcast and been like, yeah, I know Twin Peaks. I sure know that. And I came here today with the under the guys that we were talking about, Jane Austen and David Sedaris. I gotta go. <laughs> Well, really what we're talking about is Clueless, which is only a very loose modern <laughs> adaptation of a Jane Austen book. Yes. Emma, as a matter of fact, which we all have seen the most recent one. So this will be a good comparison. We'll all have both plots fresh in our heads. I literally, the whole time we were watching it, I was like, okay, so this character is this person, Emma. And I was like making the parallels. Like, yeah, like, my stupid little brain couldn't help itself. <laughs> No, I was doing it the whole time. The only one that has like a, a, the right name is Elton, but the rest <laughs> of them are all, I definitely think we should be like, that one is that one and that one is that one. <laughs> I would do that during my notes. Because some of them are combined, I feel like. So, yeah. well, okay, let's do first impressions. Do you want me to go now, first? Sure, Christian, tell us, do you remember the first time you watched this movie and what you thought? I don't necessarily remember when the first time I watched it, um, but I remember that um, when I had first watched it, I think a bunch of these like 90s, uh, what would you call them? Like these these types of movies. Teen comedies. Yeah. Um, they were kind of like all being uploaded to, I don't know if it was Netflix at the time or whatever, but like She's All That and 10 Things I Hate About You, like all those kind of movies. And so I was uh -huh. kind of like really into those movies at the time. So I kept going through all of them and... I remember after watching this one, I was like, this is my favorite. I, and I watched it a few more times. I, I love this movie. Yes. What about you, Josh? Well, Maya, you and I probably have a similar experience because I was 15 when this movie came out, which is the same age as Cher at the start of the movie. <laughs> so I saw the movie. And, huh? Oh, yeah. She's yeah, good. Yeah. She's Sorry. Her driver's <laughs> so right. she. Um, amazing. Which we won't talk about how it's creepy. Her like college age stepbrother is hitting on her. But, but oh, this, that's... I definitely think we should touch on that because I've got so yeah. many thoughts about why that exists. Right. Um, <laughs> but um, I know I saw it in the theaters multiple times and it was such, I was thinking about this last night because it's probably been 10 years since I've seen it that there were, it was such a cultural touchstone of the moment. Everybody saw this movie. People were quoting it all, like, as if is like a like a common usage in the you know modern mm -hmm. lexicon now and uh, you know and i think clueless is really what made that phrase popular so it you know Definitely my was. impression <laughs> back then i mean i loved it it was hilarious it was a teen movie that wasn't saccharine and uh pg it had an edge to it and you know lots of imperfect characters and i just i loved it okay great Lindsay, what is your... <laughs> I was, uh, it came out in 1995, right? 
Right. The year was 1995. I was eight in 1995. So uh, I don't believe that I saw it that year. <laughs> I don't. I'm sorry, Josh, that I was younger than you. <laughs> How old was Christian? I was one. No, I wasn't even one yet. Oh. I was eight. So I don't remember when I first saw it. I do remember that I was young though, because I remember thinking that's what I want to be like when I'm in high school. I want to be <laughs> one of those girls in high school. Right. Oh. It also gave me my first experience that I remember with a gay character, like recognizing that like, oh, that can be confusing for a female to be like, I'm in love with that. And then they turn out gay, which has you know, become common in my <laughs> life. But yeah, I remember seeing it young enough and being like, that's what I want to be like in high school. I also really appreciated it, even at a young age, how stylized it was, like how all the girls like dressed the same and how they look so cute. And that white Jeep was like iconic and that became the vehicle that everybody wanted. It also growing up with maybe not a lot of money, you were like, I'm definitely going to be rich when I'm older so that I can have that like computerized <laughs> system, <that laughs> my clothes for me. Like that is what a time saver, Right. which are the things we think about now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love it. It's one of my favorite movies. I say that, but I couldn't like quote a lot of it, but I do love to watch it. Well, and it's so short too. Like I know I, we were getting ready to watch it. And I was like, oh, this movie's not even an hour and 45 minutes. Like I this know. is the best <laughs> yeah. length for a comedy. And yeah. she goes through, there's so much that happens in that hour and 45 minutes. Like there's so many little pockets of, of a topic in it. Like, you know, she starts, well, she doesn't start with Ty, doesn't she start with like putting the teachers together? Right. Like, you know, Miss Geist and Mr. Hall, like she sets them up and then it's like, she does the makeover with Ty. There's so many little stories inside of the whole thing. And I love that about it. Yeah. If I think back on the first time I saw it, I was definitely, I'm sure I saw it when it first came out. So I was like 16 probably and like a junior in high school. So it was definitely, I remember me and my friends watching it a lot and quoting it a lot and I have a lot of it memorized, um, but I have it. I don't really remember my distinct, I mean, I know I loved it and I thought it was really funny, but now watching it, I really appreciate that it's so not cynical, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of teen movies from that time period or before that, that are just like, you know, teens are horrible and they're evil to each other. And this one, they're all so kind to each other. Even like when they're being bratty, they're like, just because that's they're naive, not because they're mean. Yeah. Amber is a little yeah. bit, but that's like, but it's like, the oh, Amber. <laughs> I think Amber's my favorite character. <laughs> Actually, one of Amber's lines is the one that I remember the most. And it's when Ty first comes, uh, shows up on the tennis court and they're talking about her clothes or whatever. And Amber goes, she could be a farmer in those clothes. <laughs> like that to me is so funny. Yes. I remembered that forever. So good. I was thinking of her as Mrs. Elton the whole time for sure. <laughs> yeah, even from the beginning, I was like the way she looks and I was like, that's Mrs. Elton. Like there's no doubt about it. <laughs> so I was thinking, you know how we were talking when we watched Emma, like how I would like a, an adaptation that just focuses on the girls and their relationships and not so much the 
the relationships with the guys. And I feel like this is it. I don't know why I didn't, I didn't think of it at the time. (laughs) Oh yeah. This is basically it. I think that's why I like it so much is because, you know, as much as I love those nineties teen comedies and they're always like, you know, either the premise is we've got to make you over so you can, you know, fall in love with the popular boy or whatever. I just like how maybe that's like an, uh, the idea of what the premise is, but then it kind of like tricks you into being like, no, it's actually about friendship. Yeah. <laughs> that That's true. Cause that is, I mean, at the end, that's what Clueless, I mean, that's such a strong point in that, in that movie is that at the end, everything works out and we're all friends and we all love each other, even though I did this terrible thing and tried to make you over from the original person that you were. What is that about nineties movies though? Because I feel like late nineties into the two thousands, every plot was there's a weird girl let's make her look different (laughs) well wasn't it the popularity of clueless and everybody was trying to emulate that story probably yes and clueless is clearly you know well there had definitely been a lot of makeovers in like 80s movies and stuff like that oh that's true too yeah yeah but it doesn't feel like a, I'm trying to make you into a different person it's just like let me fix this hair dye and like make you more confident in showing your midriff type of a yeah, makeover. Because Cher has so many redeeming qualities. She really does. And she really is actually lovely. Mm-hmm. And I love the way that they sort of like, even the way she talks sometimes might be a little, and they probably do it to draw comparisons to you, Jane Austen. But even some of the things that she says when she uses that like heightened language to explain something, I mean, she's not like a, she's not an Amber by any means. No. <laughs> Yeah, we'll probably get into it when we get to the recap, but I did really appreciate, like, they're also, even though they come across with this weird language and they all seem kind of clueless, they all seem really smart, too. Whenever they actually talk, yeah. they're like, they really are, you use grown-up words or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're all very eloquent and well-spoken. Yeah. All right, should we get into the notes? Yes. Christian's doing the notes for this episode. Yes. So the notes for this one, we're going to go over some like stats and release dates and all that. It was released in July 19th, 1995. It was written and directed by Amy Heckerling. And the cast... Fabulous. (laughs) She's amazing. Um, And then we'll go through a little bit of like the main cast members. It was Alicia Silverstone as Cher, who is our Emma. Um, Yes. (laughs) Stacey Dash is Dion. Oh, I'm not sure who she was supposed to be a mashup of, or she was just kind of like a, a thrown-in character as like an extra friend. Yeah, I was thinking she was maybe like a Miss Taylor or Mrs. Definitely. Taylor. Or yeah, because I th- Preston. I, yeah, <laughs> I think they split <laughs> her up because it's like half of like the friendship part is Dion, but then like the matchmaking like governess part is Mrs. Geis. I think that's my opinion of it. <laughs> Uh, oh, see, yeah, but then I think also kind of a Miss Bates, a little bit. You know, she's like a mashup between Mrs. West and Miss Bates. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> I completely agree because I was trying to figure her out, and I was like, it has to be mashups. Um, Brittany Murphy as Ty, who is our Harriet. Paul Rudd as uh, Josh, who is our um, oh my gosh, Mr. Knightley. Mr. Knightley. I almost said Mr. Darcy. And I was like, that's not it. <laughs> um, 
Donald Faison as Murray, Elisa Donovan as Amber, Brecken Meyer as Travis, um, Jeremy Sisto. What a name. <laughs> huh? Travis. What a name. Brecken Meyer <laughs> or Travis Birkenstock. And Travis Birkenstock. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I think that's I so do. great. <laughs> um, Jeremy Sisto as Elton, which is a dead giveaway for who he's supposed to be playing. Yeah. And Dan Hadaya. He's only one. Yes. <laughs> Dan Hadaya from Mel Horowitz, who's, you know, Emma's father, which yeah, I, think I like the interpretation of him, how it's like in, you know, in the Emma book and the, all the ad- adaptations, he's like obsessed with his health and, you know, crazy hypochondriac. And now he's just an obsessive lawyer and is always screaming. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> and not obsessed with his health at all. No, no. Right. Because doesn't share like, try to like get him to do all these things. Like she's obsessed with herself. Right, exactly, yeah. Um, and then Wallace Shawn as Mr. Hall, Twink Kaplan as Miss Geist, and yes. Justin Walker. She's also the producer. Was she? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know she's so cute. Thanks, Twink. <laughs> what a name too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When it was released, the budget um, was only twelve million, but in their opening weekend, they made ten point six million domestic. So nice. they almost made their whole budget the first weekend. Gross domestic budget. Um, uh, what do you call it? Not budget. Um, makings, I guess, was fifty six million, and worldwide gross was sixty million. So wow, really well. Good. Yeah, runtime. Really, is- that's on par with a lot of Jane Austen movies in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the numbers, the budgets don't seem high enough, but they somehow always make it all back. Yeah. That's why there are so many Jane Austen adaptations, because they know you can make it There's for- a built-in audience. <laughs> when they, when this movie first came out, did they, was there anything in the marketing or the advertising that it was an adaptation? Because I didn't know that until you brought it up to me. I was like, oh, I've never even thought about that before. So I was curious if they were like, you know, whatever when it came out. But I don't don't know. I bet when the Emma Gwyneth Paltrow came out, they used Clueless as a, (laughs) you know. Probably. The story Clueless is based on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because people would run to that. Yeah, because that was actually being made around the same time. Because originally that... Um, Gwyneth Paltrow one was supposed to be a modern adaptation, but then they heard that Clueless was happening, so they switched it up to a actual period piece. Ma'am. Wow. <laughs> we learned about that in our very first episode. <laughs> <laughs> I would assume that changes the budget a bit, wouldn't you think? I mean, Not I would think <laughs> anything modern versus, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> It had very limited sets, and the costumes were all mostly borrowed, and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I vaguely remember that movie. I'll have to go back and watch it. We do not care about budgets for these movies. <laughs> well, luckily, there's a huge store of period costumes <laughs> that people can apparently rent fairly easily. <laughs> well, I would assume that they could make, if they're going to use Jane Austen, anything, and make it into a film. There's such a following of Jane, like, it's, there's such a following of people that like Jane Austen that they're going to run to that and be like, it's just like Harry Potter, right? So if they decided to start making like other Harry Potter things, people would be like, I don't care if 
they rented those costumes from the Halloween store. I'm watching it. <laughs> no, actually, people will point out, they'll be like, this costume was in this movie and in this movie, and they'll do like side by side. So people I actually, that. I think, like the mystery or like, you know, the investigative part of that. So I like when people do that, like make spreadsheets for stuff, they're like, Me oh, too. This episode. Oh, I'm into that. All right. What else do you got for us, Christian? Um, my runtime is 97 minutes. We have two taglines. Um, and this is where I think they probably didn't market it as an Emma adaptation <laughs> because one of them was sex, clothes, popularity. Is there a problem here? <laughs> That's a horrible tagline. <laughs> God! <laughs> um, and then next one, which I think applies more towards the language of the movie, but it's still ridiculous is sex, clothes, popularity, whatever. So Okay. <laughs> There's not a lot of sex movies. I don't know why they put that in. Well, they talk about virginity and losing it a lot. <laughs> I also feel like maybe in the mid nineties that's what we were that was real racy, what we saw in Clueless. They were like, Oh my God. They talk about virginity and that man is a homosexual. Yeah. Warning, warning. <laughs> Well, they should have definitely done another pass on the taglines because <laughs> those are terrible. I wouldn't yeah. see that movie. Good thing we don't have to see it based on the tagline. Well, they were definitely selling it to kids. Like they weren't going for the Jane Austen crowd. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> so is that it for notes? Yep. That's all we got. All Let's right. <laughs> should we go ahead and go get into the recap? Yes. movie. I always have to include the title cards for some reason. <laughs> okay, so we start off and it's just like a montage of Cher and her friends been and hanging out at the mall and by the pool and in the car. <laughs> and she goes, is this an Oxima commercial or what? <laughs> but then she starts to tell us about her real life. Uh, she's just, she's a normal girl. She gets up she picks out her school clothes with the help of her computer software, which is so 90s and nostalgic, but yet so like, that still seems practical. I think you could probably still buy that program. I don't know why we don't have that. It just doesn't. We've got, you know, all kinds of other things. You're trying to tell me I can't have that? <laughs> I'm upset. Awesome. Yes. I don't ever want to have so many clothes that I need a computer program to help me figure out what I'm going to wear every day. I know that may not be a sentiment shared with everyone on this podcast, but that's a lot of clothes. It is a lot of clothes. Well, and I can't imagine like needing, like not being able to walk in and see what I have myself and just like, I just have to like scroll through a computer screen and scroll, like make my closet spin. <laughs> it, it, it become like trying to figure out what you're going to watch on Netflix. You'll spend an hour going through the computer program and never decide on anything and be like, I guess I'm just going to watch the office again. Yes. <laughs> right. But yeah. Cher is clearly a type A person. I'm going to make an argument for her being a Virgo at the end of all of this because of this closet. Yes. But um, I feel like she probably knows everything that's in there. She probably doesn't even need the computer. It just, puts it to the where she wants it to go anyway okay so she also introduced her dad he's a scary lawyer but he fights with his daughter for free and <laughs> 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 uh, 
her stepbrother Josh is coming for dinner. And she says, why? You were barely even married to his mother. <laughs> and he goes, you divorce wives, not children. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's, that does show a lot about him, you know, Mr. Horowitz. <laughs> like, he still loves his kid, even if it was only his kid for a little while. <laughs> I think it provides a new, like, I feel like with uh, parents, a lot of the times in these 90s movies, you get like kind of like one dimensional and this kind of, I think, provides another dimension to him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So then she shows off her Jeep, which she says it has everything, including side airbags, but it doesn't even have sides. So <laughs> 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 Jeep without a top. Do Jeeps have side airbags? Do they just come out of like... They come out of the doors, I think. armrest? <laughs> yeah, oh. the bottom of the doors. She's got a, I just thought it was funny. A sick, uh, was it a, a sound system? And you saw like little like white speakers... Uh, hanging in the back of the jeep. Yes. <laughs> she does not have her license yet, but she's going to pick up her friend Dion. She doesn't have her license, but she drives the whole time without anybody. The entire time. And she, the first time we see her driving, she plows through a, a fire hydrant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she takes that thing out going like wrecked. 60. Yeah, it is something else. And she's just like, oops. <laughs> My bad. Her best friend Dion also knows what it's like to have people jealous of her. And they're both named after great singers who now do infomercials. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they go to school. And we meet Murray. Dion and Murray have a dramatic relationship, we learn. Um, <laughs> they fight over a cheap hair extension she found in his car. But Cher doesn't understand why she would even date a high school boy. Yeah. <laughs> you should say, like, they belong in cages. And <laughs> they do a really good job of making them look unappealing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then we're in class. Cher is presenting. Which is one of my favorite moments this uh, whole speech. <laughs> I was like, get Cher Horowitz on a presidential debate and get her. elect her to office. Like Elect her to office. And let me tell you what, what people would start doing if they did. Everybody would start wearing their gum on their finger. <laughs> that would be the way that we represent that we are for Cher Horowitz for office as we'd all walk around with gum on our finger. Because let me tell you what. <laughs> I did that. I know I don't want to admit it now because it's gross. Plus, we're going through a pandemic and no one would do this now. But I did wear gum <laughs> on my finger. I just want people to know. <laughs> and you know what I thought about that? Like as an actor, I I wonder if that was something that she was directed to do or if she's like, I think she's a underrated actress. I think she is. Oh, she's so incredible, crazy. yeah. So my actor brain was going, oh, she just naturally did that. And it's such a funny, iconic little moment, you know? It is, yeah. Love her. Yeah, well, when, when you watch, like, the special features, they really praise her, like, natural abilities a lot. Like, for when in that scene when she's calling them the Hadians, that was not um, <laughs> what she was scripted to do. She just didn't know. But uh, everyone, like, let her it. go because she's do doing, she's, like, so great and... You know, it seems like Amy Heckerling was really a good director at like, you know, just letting people naturally do what, you know, a kid would do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I think that speech is great. I listening to it this last time. I was like, yeah, it's totally, I could, it's a great argument. <laughs> I feel like 
Can you remind me what her argument was? She will, it was like, some people say we shouldn't let the Hadians come in because there's not enough room. But if you just like my was the kitchen father's thing. birthday, if you just go rearrange some stuff, you can have a totally great party with the Haitians. Right. And she says, if the U.S. government would just find their way to the kitchen, they'd figure this out <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Oh my gosh. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, I that's says, a good argument. I have the quote, if the government would just get to the kitchen and rearrange some things, we could certainly party with the Hadians. Yes, <laughs> do it. And then we get our first Amber going, whatever. <laughs> she says something like, if she doesn't do her assignment, I can't do mine. Yes. <laughs> and then immediately sits down. Right. <laughs> yeah, and Wallace Shawn is the teacher. Ugh. And he hands out report cards at the end of that class and a dark cloud settles over first period because Cher <laughs> got a C. <laughs> yeah. In debate. So we go back home. She's showing off the ancient 1972 columns on her house. <laughs> and um, we see her mother's portrait. <laughs> She's a Betty. Josh is home with his sad music. <laughs> I love all the music choices for all the characters. He's always got like, you know, it's perfect because our Josh loves sad music too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it might be because of this movie, you know, like, <laughs> he is constantly listening to Radiohead, which I was constantly listening to at 15. <laughs> and I'll just say as a 15 year old trying to figure out that mom set them own their own self and Paul Rudd, this beautiful man who shared the same name. Like there were a lot of things happening there for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he does such a good, uh, he did such a good job of representing what for me, when I watched it, I was like, that's what college boys are like. <laughs> <laughs> I want to date a call. I was like 12. I want to date a college boy yeah. because he listens to music from the college radio station. Like that to me was like, I thought that was hot. Yeah. I still think no, but now, now looking back on it, it's like, you're making fun of him. And I mean, right. we're making fun of everyone a little bit in this. <laughs> <laughs> they were, yes. <laughs> and also I was wondering the whole time, he's gotta be like 21 at the oldest, you know, like he's still in the young days of college. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Sharon and Josh kind of fight and flirt at the same time. Then they have dinner with dad where Josh explains how he's more into environmental law. <laughs> <laughs> which is just another little perfect <laughs> character beat. He asks about her report card and she says, it's not ready. She has to negotiate with her teachers first. <laughs> and she tells Josh that she had success in the past and she will again. And she actually does. Cause the next day we see her talking to all of her teachers. She, I think the PE teacher, she says that um, a boy broke up with her, an evil boy. And I can't remember what the other ones were, but I, she doesn't have any luck with Mr. Hall. Um, Which to me, the, the Miss Stoger PE teacher thing is so funny to me because later they taught, like Cher makes a comment about her sexuality. And it's so funny to me that they chose to do that with her because she's like, boys are like, she's got her arm around her and she's like, boys are so terrible. Yeah. That, you're like, wink, wink, come to the other side. Like that's exactly what's happening there. <laughs> so has... Have any of, did any of y'all ever negotiate a different grade? Because I did that. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> and probably around, maybe I got the idea from Cher. <laughs> I was taking 
algebra and our teacher, Mr. Habib, who was this uh, nice man, it was his first year teaching and he gave me my only C and I went to him and it was like, you know, they tell you your grade ahead of time. So you're prepared for it. And he told me like, you know, you're getting a C, C, maybe even a C plus or whatever. And I was like, Mr. Habib, this is my, I have A's and B's in every other class. Do you really want to be the one giving me my only C? <laughs> and he gave me a B minus and I got A B honor. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, I've only ever done it when I was justified and the teacher was grading me wrong. <laughs> that is very Maya. <laughs> you were like, even as a child, no adult, you are incorrect. <laughs> I once had a teacher grade me that she failed me because she thought I hadn't written a paper because I wrote it in cursive and it wasn't like my normal handwriting. And I was like, no, I'm sorry. That's not going to fly. <laughs> I would assume that during the time of this movie and the subsequent years after, there was a lot of plaid in high school hallways. There was a lot of like, I'm going to find the girl that doesn't look like me. Let's do a makeover. And there was a lot of people like trying to hook up teachers together. <laughs> I'm assuming that we all just took that from that movie and went, this is our culture now. <laughs> I think there's probably always been type A's who will argue with the teacher over their grades. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, defeated by Mr. Hall, she goes to the mall where she decides she is going to get her grade changed by making Mr. Hall sublimely happy and that will butter him up. So she's determined to find someone for him to fall in love with. And she, after scoping out all the teachers, settles on Miss Skeist. And so she writes her a love note with a famous quote from Cliff's Notes. <laughs> Duh, it's from Cliff's Notes. <laughs> she slips it into her teacher's box with a rose. Okay. Uh, sometimes I write stuff and I just have no idea what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, while arguing, oh, she's arguing down her tardies with Mr. Hall. And she like plants the seeds for him to fall in love with Miss Geis. Like Miss Geis is right about you. You're the most intelligent person in the school. And the like look on his face is so. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. He's I love both of those beats. His his reaction and also Miss Geis' reaction when she pulls the rose and reads the note in the office. It's so precious. Yes. So cute. <laughs> uh, I would react the same way. <laughs> <laughs> I love that when she pulls out the rose I noticed this the other day when I was watching she pulls out the rose from her box and she's like not very surprised that there was a rose in her box she just like pulls it out and smells it and sets it down yeah like oh this is normal we just get flowers in our teacher box all the time and then she reads the note and it's like oh okay yeah I thought that was interesting I was like girl well, somebody give me I some flowers that too. <laughs> um She's one of those uh, teacher tropes from like the late 90s, early 2000s that I love, which is like social studies teacher that's super like climate change activist. Yes, she's very quirky. Yeah. yeah. She looks just like my <laughs> French teacher. <laughs> like I love when they, when Cher decides to pick her in the scene, she's like, there's like a bottle of like ibuprofen or Advil next to her stack of books. <laughs> and she like spills coffee all over her white shirt. I'm like, that is God, that's me at school. <laughs> like, I am this guy's. <laughs> I also really love, um, we'll get to it, never mind. We'll get to it. We're not there yet. But it has to do with okay. this. 
Okay. <laughs> I can't wait, Christian. How dare you set me into <laughs> Cliff's note. <laughs> so at home her dad is angry at her because she has two outstanding tickets <laughs> and um he says that there's no driving around without a licensed driver so for the one time in the whole movie she gets a licensed driver with her and she asks josh to ride with her so they're dr- practicing driving she is always on the wrong side of the road <laughs> he thinks that she's 90% selfish, which I don't think so. But. <laughs> so Cher asked Dion if she would say that she's 90% selfish. And she goes, not to your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is where I first wrote, I love the giant vocabulary all these kids have. <laughs> okay, but yeah, I can't remember what exactly they said, but... <laughs> So Cher's matchmaking is starting to pay off. They spruce up Miss Geist. This is like the perfect mini makeover they do on her where they're just like, you know, they just take the clips out of her hair and straighten her yes. up and move her little scarf. And suddenly she goes from like being a crazy lady to like, oh, beautiful. <laughs> and she's just okay with it. She doesn't struggle at all. She just, they're like <laughs> taking stuff off of her. Like if someone came up to me and started undressing me, I want to go make this public. That is not going to be my reaction. I'm not just going to be like, oh, girls, well, girls I, please don't do that. I remember thinking she, Cher pulls the clips out of her head and then doesn't give them back to her. Like I would be like, Bitch, give me my clips. Like, what are you doing with my clips? Those from Dollar General. I need them. I need those clips. I need them clips. This guy's just so head in the clouds, though. That, yes. Like, it just seems natural for her to be like, okay, whatever. She's really, she's mostly interested in that moment and making sure that they sign up for whatever environmental club or whatever she was pushing at that time. Yes. My um my preferred version of that is that she knows Cher and Dion are like the coolest girls in school. And so <gasps> like whatever you girls want to do, like I don't care. Like she's like, <laughs> you must be doing something right. Yeah, she's playing into the social order 100 um, percent Yeah. <laughs> I love that. You're right. Yeah. Um I like that, to think oh, go ahead. I <laughs> was uh, just real quick that um the scene I was gonna talk about was the one where they're um she's asking people to sign up for the club. And Shara's like, Miss Guys, I'll sign up. And she said, thank you. And it's like the most like intense moment about nothing. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> That's what I love about those like the 90s movies. It's just like, they're like, I'll do this one thing. And then it's just like, you've changed that person's world. Right. And then the next 45 seconds are just a shot of Cher and her talking over herself. Like, I did a great deed today. Yeah. Like, okay. All right. <laughs> Every once in a while you get those moments in real life though where you're like at a gas station and you're like thank you or you're like you're like have a good day and the gas station attendant will be like thank you so much like, <laughs> yeah. I'm the, you're the first person all day <laughs> which would be a good day oh <laughs> that's awful oh but it's true <laughs> yes okay I don't remember what I was gonna say but um shares matchmaking is paying off uh, I already said that <laughs> they uh, oh, they, she gives Mr. Hall some fancy coffee and then they watch as he and Miss Geist exchange digits and they say, old people can be so sweet. <laughs> and they're in their form. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's grades are going up as the teachers are falling in love. 
Um, can I make a comment real quick of when yeah. Christian was saying, and they're in their 40s. So Mr. Hall is 47. I'm 40 years old and I was like, oh my God, am I like seven years away from looking like that? Like, is that <laughs> like, is this the decade that I'm just gonna like quickly unravel and become, you know, yeah, that's my future. This is my thought on that. I'm sorry, Maya, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think we know how to look better longer nowadays. We have better products. <laughs> okay, that's what I was gonna say though, is that when I go back and I watch these movies, specifically these teen, like anytime there's a teenager in the 90s in high school, they look way older than we did when we were in high school. Oh, and yeah. so I wonder if that's just like, like definitely no, you're not gonna look like that when you're seven <laughs> years from now. But I, I'm always like, they were just so much more mature than we were. Why did I look like I came straight out of the Disney Channel my <laughs> junior year of high school? Right. Well, <laughs> I yeah, don't know. A lot of it is like the, you know, the casting as adults as teenagers. Yes. I think yeah. Alicia Silverstone was the youngest person in the cast and she was 19. Well, Murray, oh. I think, was actually like maybe 16 or 17. Oh, but like right. Amber, I think, was like 28. <laughs> Yeah, or no, uh, Dion. Dion was. Yeah. Well, that's why I looked up because I was like, Stacey Dash. I looked when I was looking up the cast list. I was like, she's nine years older than Alicia Silverstone, and they look like <laughs> the same age. It's crazy. Yeah, and that's always crazy to me how you can get people all, but they all look so baby faced to me now. Now that I'm an old lady. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, so during this teachers falling in love, Elton is constantly hugging and kissing Cher, and it's right. so appropriate and the whole student body is very grateful and they're all like applauding her in the <laughs> courtyard and stuff giving her standing ovations and shares report card is now all a's and her father couldn't be happier than if they were based on real grades <laughs> <laughs> that scene also when they're in the office was super iconic for me when i was growing up because when Cher walks into that office to give him his tea or whatever she goes to the window and plucks a lemon from the lemon tree right outside of the open window <laughs> takes it to the plate and carves into it for his little tea and i was like that's what it's like to be wealthy <laughs> that's what it's like <laughs> yes i remember i don't know why i remember it but i just remember again going I'm going to have that when I'm older. I'm going to have a lemon tree right outside of my office window. <laughs> that would be know. amazing. <laughs> that would be. I don't know if we already got to the part where she tries to give him juice, but it's like he yeah. refuses to accept it, but it's just orange juice. And I'm like, that is like nowadays it would be something green. She would be giving him some sort yes, of green yeah. juice. I'm like, it's just orange juice. It's not that bad. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Cher now needs a new project since she was so successful with her last one. And just then, a new student, Ty Frazier, uh, comes in and she's just the ticket. So Dee immediately doesn't think there's much hope, but Cher wants to use her popularity for good. And <laughs> they take her in and they show her around. They point out all the different cliques of the school, which is such an iconic scene to me. Like, I don't know. I just love learning about all the cliques at this Beverly Hills <laughs> High School. <laughs> I love that in all those, like, teen movies like like in Mean Girls that's like probably the most iconic like cafeteria click scene but I just always love seeing like how whether they're in the 90s or the 2000s how they viewed like the band geeks or were like the you know the goth kids or whatever like how every group every school has like their own thing um I've never seen Mean Girls <gasps> you never seen it 
No. Let me Why? Just... <laughs> Do you have a you moral? I <laughs> no. I just have never seen. I've never seen it. I know, and people make the all the faces that I see right now looking back at me are the ones that I see often when I tell people that. And I think that it came out during a phase of my life when I was like, I'm above seeing a bunch of bullied girls, like <laughs> mean girls. Like I'm just above that. But now I'm like, okay, whatever. I should probably watch it. Well, I watched that and Heather's as a double feature recently. And I thought it was an excellent pair. Now Heather's, <laughs> of course, we've all seen that. We're human and good. But Mean Girls, I just don't, I don't know. I was going to say, Lindsay, that if you don't watch it soon, I'm going to report you and you're going to get your gay man card taken away. Now, okay, now what I have seen is the musical. So I think that, that gay man card stays with me. <laughs> It'll be taken away because the musical's bad. Yeah, I was not a fan of it, but I, I guess I'll watch it. And you know what? I guarantee I'm going to watch it and I'll be like, I've seen this. <laughs> <laughs> but when people quote it and stuff, I'm like, what's that from? And the shock on people's faces, like, where have you been living? A bunker? I'm like, yeah, it is actually. <laughs> We're in a pandemic, don't you know? <laughs> All right. So Ty... She's immediately smitten with Travis Birkenstock <laughs> and he is impressed with her Marvin the Martian art. <laughs> but Cher, as um, a girl who is a month older than her, wants to give her some advice about dating <laughs> stoners <laughs> and not to. <laughs> and they decide to do a makeover. So we have the best makeover scene. They dye Ty's hair. They curl it with Coke cans for some reason, which I've never seen before. <laughs> oh, you've never seen that before? No. That is like super, con like they do that a lot in like, um, like musicals when they try or plays when they try to like represent trailer trash people. It's like <laughs> a, you know, a thing people do. I don't know. It's for people that can't afford real curlers. Right, real rollers. They got to use their beer cans. Right. Well, I'm sure Cher can afford it, but I doubt she ever curls her hair since it's so fine <laughs> then. Okay, so um, they do her makeup. They go through Cher's huge closet. And um, so they've done that. They also have to now work on their minds. So they have to read one non-school book a week. <laughs> which is also I'm like, we're go share. Okay. <laughs> and then they also have to work on their bodies and they're doing buns of steel at the moment. And then Josh comes in and belittles shares plans for helping Ty. <laughs> He's really rude. And Ty just laughs and Cher gives her this look like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> You're and then Ty comes to dinner and they all, okay, I've, didn't notice this is 95 and my memory of high school at the time was nobody had a phone <laughs> but maybe it's just because I didn't go to a Beverly Hills high school but I love the way everyone in this movie is on a phone and it makes it feel very current because I'm like yeah I bet it's even worse now <laughs> but so they're all at dinner with their phones they all have extendable antennas which is just great <laughs> and nope did I totally skip something Oh, I think I did. I skipped a whole scene where they go to school the next day and all the boys are checking Ty out. Right. And Cher is like, you could have any guy in school because you have something going for you that no one else has. You're, you're a mystery. And she thinks that Ty should go after Elton. So they do a photo shoot. 
and she's taking pictures and Elton says he wants a picture, one of the, he wants a copy of the photo she takes of Ty. Which I, is very Emma. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say this is the painting scene. I was like, yes, hey. he doesn't get it framed, but he puts it up in his locker. Same difference. Which is, I think, even more like, oh, you must like oh. her. <laughs> yes. Okay, so then they go to dinner. Extendable antennas. They decide to go to this party at the Valley because Elton's gonna be there. And when they get there, Cher's shoes get immediately ruined by Travis. <laughs> And to make up for it, he decides to smoke a joint with them. <laughs> and um, Ty is trying to impress Elton. And then we hear a scream because Dion is screaming because Murray is shaving his head. <laughs> <laughs> the sound from yeah. that is so bad. It's awful. They get so close to his head with that razor. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to pass out from that sound. Well, also, were were y'all shocked that Cher actually smoked the joint? Like, I, I very much. When that scene started, I was like, "Oh, you know, this is." I I had an idea of how she was going to react, and when she smoked it, I was like, "I don't." That seems so out of character for for me. But then, maybe, but maybe not. You know, because well, she, she oh. does say that it's okay if you're like at a party to smoke up a doobie, but not right. to get yeah. wake and bake every day. She right. makes a distinction early on. Well, because they try, they kind of allude to her not having like very much drug knowledge at all. Because when we first see Ty, and Ty says something about how she wants some herbal refreshment, and they have a conversation about like, yeah. well, we don't have tea, but we have coke. And she's like, oh my god, you guys have coke here? <laughs> like obviously she's talking about cocaine. You know what I mean? And yeah. they're just like, oh yeah, Coca Cola in a can. This is America, right? That's right. I think she it's says, good because it shows America. that Cher is not naive. You know, she's not right. right. A goody two shoes or anything she just knows what's good for her and <laughs> yeah and i think it's playing on that like whole like you know high school kids like the cool kids go to parties and they drink and they smoke weed and you know they're quote-unquote bad kids because they stay out late without parents or whatever because she's only 15 so <sighs> you have to remind yourself of that the whole movie she's 15. I don't know why I was thinking of her as like 17 or 18 the whole time, even though I know she's getting her learner's permit, but for some reason. No, because she says that, Ty says something about being 15, but she turns 16 in April. And Cher says, well, as someone that's older who turns 16 in May, yeah, <laughs> one month <laughs> older, good job. Oh, that's such a teenager thing though. Yes. I'm a month older than you, so I am smarter than you. My knowledge, <laughs> my vast knowledge. <laughs> Not anymore. Okay, so Ty gets knocked out by a flying shoe. <laughs> and they rush her into the kitchen. Cher's trying to keep Travis away and encourage Elton to come nurse her. This is the gypsies. Mm. And <laughs> she come, she gets up and because she can still sing, rolling with the homies, she must be okay. Thank <laughs> oh God. She must I don't think I've ever heard that song outside the context of this movie, but <laughs> um, you did not listen to that soundtrack, like ad nauseum. Like every time a song started playing, I was like, yes, yes, yes. I don't think I ever had that soundtrack. Oh, Maya. Oh, God, Maya. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I listen to a lot of soundtracks, so I'm shocked at myself, but. 
What were you gonna say, Lindsay? I we had a when I was in high school, we had a quote clueless party for my 16th birthday. And it, this soundtrack was the only thing we played because we were like, <laughs> well, we have to live in the movie while we're here at this <laughs> party. <laughs> so yes, that was the only other time outside of the movie I heard it was when I Perfect. chose to play it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it became a hit. Did it? <laughs> no. No. Okay. <laughs> so Okay, so share. There's all these helicopters. I guess is this trying to break up the party? These helicopters, or is this just a natural thing that happens in the valley? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's supposed to be representative of how, at the time, the valley was crime-ridden. Was it, it? was very oh, okay. different from her Beverly Hills location. I see. I thought they were maybe like trying to break up this party, so they were. It's possible like, buzzing them overhead, <laughs> which would be very. Um, waste of resources i would think oh. <laughs> well <laughs> so okay so she's going home Karen tried she <laughs> tries to get um tied to ride home with elton but he manages to finagle it so that she has to go with him he is obsessed with cranberries that's his music he <laughs> so was talks I. about his cranberry cd what I said so was i <laughs> <laughs> oh i love the cranberries too but um it's just so funny that like the things that the guys listen to in this. So he's singing Cranberries poorly, way out of time with the music. <laughs> and <laughs> he, he gets the impression that Cher wants him. So he pulls over and um, tries to kiss her. And she says, I'm having a Twin Peaks experience. And I was like, crossover. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which if you were anybody but me, you would understand <laughs> that that's what we're here for today. <laughs> She's not referencing a novel. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, if you keep that in, Maya, I hope that one day when I'm famous, that that is what people go back on and they go, remember that one time? <laughs> well, you'll always know in the future. That's right. <laughs> so he tries to kiss her. She pushes him away. She's like, I was trying to get you together with Ty this whole time. And he goes, don't you even know who my father is? She's like, you're such a snob. And so he keeps trying. And so she gets out of the car. And at first he's like, you know, get in. And she says no. And he just drives off in a huff. It's a very perfect Emma crossover yeah. scene. So she calls for cab and immediately gets robbed at the gunpoint. <laughs> even her robber is kind of like... <laughs> You know, I feel like she could have argued her way out of being robbed, probably, but <laughs> she doesn't try. <laughs> no, he seemed like, I don't really want to hurt you, kind of a robber. Like That was definitely his first robbery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was his first night. He's novice. <laughs> but he makes her get on the ground, which she doesn't want to do because she's forced to ruin her Elias, Elia dress, which is actually a really Elia dress, by the way. <laughs> and um he says thank you as he runs away <laughs> and she's forced to call josh on the payphone to save her and when josh picks up he is with his college girlfriend who she looks so familiar do you know who she is no i was wondering if she was i was thinking maybe she was an snl girl but i, no. I don't know she just looks really familiar to me she's also like the janine garofalo of every college girlfriend <laughs> Every, every yeah. college girlfriend has to have, it has to be brunette. 
Yeah. Was she wearing a beret? I think so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They do have a really funny moment in the car where she quotes Shakespeare and she thinks she's quoting Hamlet and Cher's like, uh, he didn't say that. And she's like, oh, like, you know, Shakespeare. And she goes, well, I know Mel Gibson and he didn't say that. That Polonius guy did. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes Josh laugh, which pisses off his girlfriend. <laughs> was Mel Gibson in Hamlet? Mel Gibson did a Hamlet. He was Hamlet. He and they, yeah. In the 90s. Oh, maybe I wiped that from, oh, oh no. I, I never saw it. See that, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, I wiped it from my memory. Can we wipe every Mel Gibson everything from our memory? Okay. <laughs> Except for maybe like Lethal Weapon. Maybe The Patriot. I could watch that movie. Or Mad Max. <laughs> I'll take Mad Max, true. Yeah. But only the characters, not him. <laughs> right. Okay, so Ty is upset the next day when Cher tells her about what happened with Elton. And she goes, if I'm too good for him, then how come I'm not with him? (laughs) (laughs) And they all go to the mall and they're just all such cute friends. And at the mall, uh, they're talking about men and they're like rating the guys who walk by. And Cher says she hates muscles and that she's a virgin. She admits she's a virgin or hymenally challenged, (laughs) as they call it in this movie. And technically, so is Dion. And Cher realizes that Ty's grieving period will be considerable unless Cher can find her a new guy, which she never tries to do. But that is halfway. (laughs) Oh. Wow. So do you guys want to take a clueless quiz? Yes. Yes, I do. Me too. All right. Did everyone this is a... Yes. Okay. Which clueless character are you? The quiz. <laughs> the BuzzFeed version. All right. Oh. You want me to ask the questions? Sure. When you hang out with your BFF, what do you normally do? Go shopping? Duh. Just talk about cool stuff, chill in the backyard, (laughs) smoke some crack, wow, (laughs) try some new hairstyles out, or go to the movies. I'm going to say, just talk about cool stuff and chill in the backyard. (laughs) I mean, I always smoke crack with my friends, but for the sake of this (laughs) quiz, I'll pick another. (laughs) For the sake of this being out for the public, I'm going to (laughs) say... Are we giving our answers, Maya? Is that what you would like for us to do? Yeah. Yeah. Not loud. Well, I mean, unless you want to keep it a secret. Yeah. Smoke some crack. (laughs) I just Um, talk about cool stuff, chill in the backyard. Yeah, that's what I put. Because that's literally what I do. (laughs) Um, It's a toss up for me between that and go shopping. But I am also my own best friend and I shop all the time. So (laughs) I think it's good when we can answer different stuff just to like get different results in the end. Go shopping it is. That's okay. Fine. Perfect. Okay. What's your hookup style? Oh. You're a reformed slut. Yep. <laughs> well, wow. Um, you move around from guy to guy. You're doing it with someone else's boyfriend slash girlfriend. Stupid bitch will never find out. This quiz, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're a one lover kind of person. You don't get too crazy. And you don't like to put sexuality in a box. We're all just humans and whatever goes, goes. 
Oh. Um, I don't think my answer is on here, but I'm going to just say you're a one lover kind of person. <laughs> you don't get too crazy. Maya, you, you and I are going to have the same answer. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with you don't like to put sexuality into a box. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yes! <laughs> Me and Christian for the win. If I answered honestly, it'd be a scandal. <laughs> I just saw the next question and it's a callback. Okay. Your yes! favorite book is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your favorite book is Naked by David Sedaris. <laughs> Not to be confused with David Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> You say it's Wuthering Heights, but really it's Elizabeth Taylor's biography. Elizabeth Taylor biography. The Metamorphosis by Kafka. You don't really read or Twilight. This, I mean, good Twilight? I'm going to say Twilight because of all of these, that would be my most likely one to read. But it's not my favorite book. <laughs> None of these what? are like answers that I would answer. <laughs> Why is it do you think that they put an exclamation point at the end of Twilight? I mean, I don't think Twilight has an exclamation point, right? Is that supposed to draw us in or something? Twilight! <laughs> the person who made this quiz really loves Twilight. <laughs> I'm putting, it's the um, only one you could actually be excited about. <laughs> that's a good one. Well, I will say that when I read Metamorphosis in high school, I loved it. So that's why yeah, I'm using. That's a good one. I would never reread it, though. I think that's where he, that's the, <laughs> like, he turns into a bug, right? Yeah. Yep. Gregor. Okay. Gregor Camps, I woke up one day. <laughs> however it's what did you put christian i'm gonna put the weathering heights one out of all yeah. these because it Yay. seems like something i would do <laughs> perfect we all had different answers for once on the weekend you can be found jeepin <laughs> we know what that is <laughs> <laughs> volunteering helping around the house or watching a documentary at the local indie cinema doing a fun project Roll in with your homies. Or checking out the Kubrick exhibit at LACMA. LACMA? I'm, I'm going to say roll in with my homies. <laughs> what I'm doing on the weekend, but yes. I'm going to say checking out the Kubrick exhibit at LACMA. Yeah, that'd be fun. I had rolling with the homies. I'm doing a fun project. Yay. That's a good one, too. Thank you. You are doing a lot, though. I sure am. We're doing one right now. This is very <laughs> fun and a project, so. <laughs> Number five, what's your feeling on marriage? People are surprised when you say you'd be down. Yes, weddings are so much fun. You prefer a non-committal situation. You don't really do relationships. You'll eventually find someone to be in a long-term relationship with, but marriage isn't, necess isn't necessary. You're just cool like that. <laughs> or not until gay marriage is legal everywhere. Well, well, this is an old quiz. Gosh, yeah. Um, what is the option for? Um, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah, I'm with you on that, Maya. <laughs> you um, I guess situation. I'll just say, yeah, you'll you'll eventually find someone. I'll just say that. I'm gonna say weddings are so much fun because I like going to weddings. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say not until gay marriage is legal everywhere, <laughs> all over the world, all over That's the. That's true because it's not. It's definitely not. So that I mean, it could still apply. True. I'm gonna go with. I'll have to go with you. Eventually, find someone. I was gonna go with you prefer a non-committal situation, but 
that also puts me in like maybe the slut category and I'd like to get away from that if possible. <laughs> so you'll eventually like find the commitment, too. just not the marriage. <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> me too. What is your greatest strength? Your sense of stylistic confidence, your willingness to give to others, your ability to find humor in all things, you're cheap <laughs> or you're able to see beauty where others can't. Hmm. I think maybe I'm able to find humor in all things. <laughs> That's what I thought too. Um, definitely not my sense of stylistic confidence. <laughs> definitely not me. <laughs> I'm stuck between that and the beauty one. Yeah. Or maybe, well, I don't know. Um, I'm stuck between the willingness to give to others and you're able to see beauty where others can't. I think I'll go with you're able to see beauties where yeah. others can't. I'll do stylistic confidence. I'm ability to see humor in all things. Yeah, I'm going to do that one too. <laughs> Christian, you do have very stylistic confidence. Oh, thank you. You're, you're welcome. I feel like I laugh at inappropriate moments, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, your idea of a party is some wine coolers in a back seat. Oh, Lord. that's a nine-month commitment. <laughs> an 18th century style Parisian salon in which you discuss Voltaire and drink fine coffee. Um, yes, please. <laughs> Some type of fancy event, perfume lunch, perhaps on a hotel rooftop, a house party, or you and your friends throw a get together in some cool warehouse. Uh, clearly the last one for me. <laughs> I'm going to go for 18th century style Parisian salon because <laughs> I've always wanted to go to one of those. <laughs> um, I can't go to any perfume launches because I have terrible allergies. So that's a no for me. I'm going to go with a house party. I love a good house party. Me too. I'm still 16 at heart, I guess. <laughs> okay. Your idol is Nietzsche. Did I say that right? Yeah. <laughs> Cher Horowitz, Susan B. Anthony, Picasso, Coco Chanel, or Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> oh God. I mean, it's Cheryl. between Cher and Susan B. Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess Susan B. Anthony. I mean, I'm happy to be able to vote now. I've been able to. I'm not sure how to admit this. I'm gonna but I think I'm going to have to go with Lindsay Lohan on this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Christian! See? <laughs> I'm thinking of Parent Trap Days. Yes, Parent Trap Days or that video of her within the last year where she's dancing on that <laughs> island. Yes. Have you seen that? <laughs> that? I like that. I or can get into that. Mean Girls whenever you watch it. I think she is a good soul. I just think she's misunderstood, you know? I think she's just done. Well, I did hear that she has an identical twin that she was separated <laughs> from at birth in real life. Right. <laughs> Yes. Um, it's funny to me, Lindsay, that you're a Lindsay Lohan stan and you've not seen Mean Girls. Um, you know, again, I go back to that idea that it's possible that I've seen it. <laughs> you know, and it just didn't sit with me. I don't know. I used to also embarrassingly get Easy A and Mean Girls mixed up. Or Easy A and Mean Girls? Is there another movie that's kind of like Mean Girls? Not that I know of. I mean, I'm sure there is. <laughs> When Easy A came out, I was kind of like that. People in my high school were that and House Bunny. That was like our two. I don't know if that really. House Bunny. Yes, I've seen that. <laughs> okay, your social media of choice Facebook, 
Vine, which doesn't even exist anymore, does it? No. Does no. Vine still exist? Pretend, Instagram. What? I'm sorry. And it's TikTok. Yeah, it's pretend great. Vine is TikTok. <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, or Snapchat? Instagram. Instagram. It's Are we? I feel like that I'm the only one who posts Instagram, yet it's y'all's favorite. I'm going to say Twitter because that's what I spend most of my time on. <laughs> oh, me too. I do love Twitter, but I'm going to be honest. I am a Vine girl, which if we're pretending that Vine is TikTok, I'm also a TikTok person, but <laughs> you know, what can I say? I'm going to go with Vine just because I watch old Vines all the time. They're so good. All right. You can live without shoes, sex. Can't live without. Oh, you can't live without. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't live without <laughs> shoes, sex, freedom of speech, TV, or a fine bottle of wine. TV. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to be silent for the rest of my life if it means I get to watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even watch TV right now, so I'm going to say freedom of speech just because, you know, I'm patriotic like that. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with, I'll go with TV. That's my official. <laughs> I'm going to be stupid and pick shoes because I'm a big shoe person and very picky about my shoes. Okay, where do you see yourself in five years? Hopefully not in a pandemic. Changing the world, probably dead in a <laughs> landfill. Ah. Gonna, who's gonna answer that? You're at the top of your field in your profession. A magazine just profiled you. Just happy, maybe married, maybe traveling, who knows? Taking time off, finally doing that year abroad in Paris with your significant other. I'm just going to say just happy because that's my life. <laughs> Who knows? I'm going to say finally doing my year abroad in Paris. That would be nice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do the top of my field thing, even though it's very ambitious, but I would like to be in Food and Wine magazine. Totally. <sighs> well, my heart says world, Lindsay. <laughs> You know, my heart says probably dead in a landfill only because <laughs> I hope, I dream that there's going to be a uh, murder documentary made after my life. Like that to me is like a good life to live at the end. If there's a Netflix documentary about your murder, that seems uh -oh. like an accomplishment. Is that not, uh -oh. an, is, are we not feeling that way? I think it's better to be the, the murderer and then they'll do the profile on you. No, I will say, Lindsay, that if that did happen, like I would hate to see you dead in a landfill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is my ticket to being on Netflix and that yes. I'll be in the documentary, you know, then I can support that. See, earlier I should have answered my ability to give to others because that right there is a prime example of how I give my life, literally will give my life so that other people can have the spotlight. Um, I am going to go with changing the world. Nice. By okay. giving Josh a spot on Netflix. <laughs> Thank you. Careful. Number 12. In high school, you were student body president and well-liked, an AV and or chess math science club geek, nowhere to be found, one of those weird artsy kids. Well, everyone was a weird artsy kid at my school, so it wasn't really weird. You weren't the most popular kid, but you weren't unpopular. You got by with okay grades and had some fun. I mean, I guess that <laughs> i guess i went to an artsy school so no one was weird for being artsy did you go to da yeah see that's where i went to oh 
I wasn't student. I was going to say, but I, was I was in between. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the last one. Yeah. You weren't the most popular kid, but let's be honest. Um, <laughs> I was funny. So I was pretty popular, right? <laughs> I'm saying I wasn't student body president, but I was well liked. Well liked. Yes. So I'm just going to pick that one, but pretend I'm not student body president. Yeah, me too. I'm going to pick nowhere to be found just to jazz it up a bit. Good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. How would you? Oh, sorry. What was that? I said we only got 20 more questions. So I'm <laughs> I was just about to say, is this a test to get into Mensa? Because. <laughs> yes. And we've all. Think there's good three more. <laughs> three more. 13. How would you generally disca- describe your lifestyle? Pilates ensures that you're always an Adonis. <laughs> you eat junk, but get in enough exercise between physical activities like surfing or skateboarding. <laughs> you keep a vegan vegetarian lifestyle. However, you could afford to lose a few. You're practically dead or Lindsay. you eat well, you work out <laughs> in a picture of good health. <laughs> I'm sorry, I started laughing when I read it. <laughs> You're practically dead. That I'm going with no, I'm not gonna say that. That's terrible. They eat junk one. They're all like, you're very healthy, or else you're dead. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not totally vegan or vegetarian, but I'm skewing towards that. And I could afford to lose a few. So I'm gonna say that. Well, there's nothing like a clueless quiz to make you change a complete lifestyle. So <laughs> I mean, this could be the peak moment for you, Josh. Just go ahead and go with it. If you click that button from here on out. No. Vegetarian. <laughs> I'm gonna say you eat junk, but get in enough exercise between, like surfing or skateboarding. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with that too. Although I have been eating a lot healthier lately. What did you put, Christian? I put the you eat junk, but get enough whatever whatever exercise. I don't surf or skateboard, but yeah, whatever. Making it. <laughs> Where do you shop? The overpriced vintage store, Hot Topic, Dior, The Gap. Or Kmart? How about the internet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the Gap. Because out of all those choices... Yeah, that's... I have to say that's probably the best choice. Although my heart wants to say Dior. Right. Not that I ever <laughs> shopped there. But... Oh, I think a quiz. I'm saying Dior. I'm going to yeah, say... Yeah, do that. Does um... Dior do um, affirm financing? Yeah. <laughs> I honestly don't think I've bought anything from any of these stores except for Hot Topic, maybe once or twice. <laughs> um, okay, well, Hot Topic owns Torrid, which is a plus size store. Yes, so I'm going to say Hot Topic, even though I hate Torrid, but it's the only one in here that really matches me. I was a Hot Topic fiend in high school. Of course you were. I wore but just like, you know, Doctor Who sweatshirts and stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> So every time we would go in, my mom would be disgusted, A. And B, she would, every time every time we go in, she would make a comment, I'm not buying you those trip pants. Which were the ones that had, like, the buckles and yes. huge. T-R-I-P-P, trip. She said, I'm not buying you those trip pants. <gasps> That's where I got all my band tees. It's also where I got all my spiky earrings. Do you remember those, Christian? Like, the silicone spiky earrings? Or the studded belts. Yes, love a studded belt. The belts that look like car seats. Um, what were the name of those shoes that had like the coffin insert were they creepers is that what those are called creepers had those Mm -hmm. oh boy continue i guess i'll just put the gap what should i put the gap (laughs) or hot dog (laughs) 
I guess I'll put the gap. Because I don't buy clothes. I don't do clothes. I don't know. Say Kmart. Okay. Okay, I'll do Kmart. It's like I love Kmart. Which probably would be more accurate for me. <laughs> okay, what's your beverage of choice? Rubio's tea, frappuccino, high C, cappuccino, or Diet Coke? Ugh, I guess I'll go with Rubio's, even though I prefer I black. Well, I don't like tea. I guess tea, but water is my drink of choice. Out of all these, I'll do a cappuccino. Out of all of these, I'm going to go Diet Coke. That's right. I still drink that. <laughs> Diet Coke. I don't like Diet Coke. All right. <laughs> what you get? Um, I got Cher. <laughs> nice. You aim to please. You're well-liked. And although you can sometimes be naive, your taste in knee socks makes up for it. True. <laughs> <laughs> very true yes <laughs> um, this is gonna shock everyone but i got josh hey uh, hey do-gooder you've got a lot of causes you're passionate about and your mission in life is to make the world a better place but just remember to slow down from time to time yes marky mark may take time from his busy pants dropping schedule to plant trees but that doesn't mean you always have to too that's some great advice for me right now wow. <laughs> josh. Um, I got tie. Me too. You're, okay. Um, it says you're flexible. You can, can adapt to situations easily and get along with lots of different types of people. You have an artistic side that you don't always show to people. Tap into more. There's more potential there than you might realize. You might just end up a creative director of a skateboarding company. Has that happened to Ty? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what I got. Unfortunately, I don't have another good one to read to you, but I got Ty as well. Oh, <laughs> which makes perfect sense, honestly. I would say, yeah, I'm flexible. Sweet, oh. wonderful Brittany Murphy. Ugh. Yeah, I know she's so great. She's so good. <laughs> all right, so all that's really left is for this episode is recommendations. Do you have um, one? I do, I think, Over. I thought of one. I do have one that I can remember. So I will say for this week, I'm going to recommend Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because it's the only show I'm watching. <laughs> but I haven't watched this week's yet, so don't tell me. <laughs> Everyone dies. No. <laughs> it's such a great show. It's been on forever. You know, give it a chance. If you want to watch it and you're like, I don't know, or if you've watched like the first three episodes and you're like, uh, give it to like episode, like the first season, watch the first season. And by the end of that, if you still don't like it, then I don't know what to say to you, but <laughs> I love it. It's a great show and it's wrapping up this year. It's almost done. It's only got two episodes left. So definitely recommend it. It's fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I go next. My recommendation is going to be a video game. Uh, it's called Ghost of Tsushima. And it is, it's brand new. And it's about the invasion of Japan by the Mongols in the 14th century. And you're this samurai named Jin. And you, uh, there's like the opening scene of like this huge battle between the samurais and the Mongols. And uh, you come out of it as the last samurai and you have to kind of go through the story of trying to beat back these Mongols. And it's just really fun. I think it's 
my favorite game this year. It's just really beautiful. makes me want to live in 14th century Japan. I love that you bring us a new historical video game every week. <laughs> For some reason, that is like my like sweet spot is any game that has any sort of mythology or history lesson, I'm like, that's for me. Yeah. I learned something new today, Christian. I didn't even know that you liked video games. Oh, I'm a <laughs> psycho. I um, I love that. When I was, uh, was I 13, I, I was the type of kid that I would get on the Xbox at 6 p.m. and play until 8 a.m. until my mom got up and told me to go to bed. Wow, that's awesome. I was obsessed. Well, well, I found myself playing Zelda for like six hours during this quarantine, so <laughs> at a time. But it's <laughs> All right, Josh, Lindsay? Lindsay, you too. Either of you like to go next? I'll recommend The Babysitter's Club on Netflix. This is not a joke, people. Okay, Miss uh, Alicia Silverstone is in this, so it ties into what we're doing. She plays the mom. Um, and I have to say that even though it's a simple concept, those girls, the actresses in that show, really good. They also touch on a lot of current situations, political and otherwise. And I think it's really great for girls, specifically girls that are that age, but also if you want to watch something that's mindless, that's not going to like hit you over the head with a bunch of stuff. Watch the babysitter. I have to check check that one out. I used to read the books when I was a kid. Yes, it's so. <laughs> and the I don't know. I liked it, and it's very quick. It's only eight episodes, so you know you can finish that in a day if you're a normal person. <laughs> so that is my recommendation. <laughs> uh, that's a great one. What about you, Josh? Yeah, um, I'm very uplifting. I'm gonna recommend the documentary series "I'll Be Gone in the Dark." Um, It is based on a book by Michelle McNamara, who was Patton Oswalt's, the actor and comedian's wife. She was a true crime fanatic and started investigating this man who was a uh, serial rapist in California in the 70s and then started murdering people, murdering and raping women all over California in the 70s, well into the 80s. And I think she really was the person who connected all these separate areas of crimes that were happening and connected them to be the same person. But she became so obsessed with this and and wrote this beautiful book that she didn't even get to finish because she tragically passed away before she was done. And uh, Patton Oswalt and one of her writing friends finished the book. But the series is based on that. And it's not only the story of her investigating this man, but also the story of like how these people that were connected to her in the story, how they handled, you know, her death. And then ultimately, I think it's a tale about how we, people who are obsessed with true crime, maybe need to take a step back and really think about what you're doing and what you're doing to yourself. And as somebody who, I'm not a fanatic, but I do watch, love watching true crime stuff. And this documentary, it's so good. It is so scary and creepy and beautiful. The episode that deals with her death, I like cried through the whole thing. I mean, it's such a good series, highly recommend. I definitely want to watch that whenever I'm feeling less sensitive. But I would like to just point out to the listeners that you can hear Mabel snoring in the background <laughs> if you're wondering <laughs> yeah. what, that, what that noise is. Mabel. All right. So I don't know if I should 
wait, Krista, whether I should cut this part out, but I thought maybe I should give an update and say that Felix, in the last episode, he miraculously appeared, but he was already sick. So he ended up dying a couple days later. And I was very happy that he was at home with me. And I just wanted to let you guys know because the episode came out last week, but it happened like three weeks ago. So just an update. And um, also one other thing before we get to um, plugs for my own personal plug, I decided to stop sharing my Instagram photos to the Manners of Madness Instagram. So if you want to see my Instagram photos, you can follow me at Maya underscore Adkins on Instagram. <laughs> I just wasn't sure if it was appropriate anymore. Yeah. Okay. But if you want to get in contact with the podcast, or actually, Lindsay, did you want to plug yourself separately? I mean, God, none no. of us are famous. So. <laughs> Do not go to my Instagram. Do not go to my Twitter. What Do about not look me up on TikTok. You want people to go to your house? Come straight to my home. Yes. Uh, I don't do anything interesting on social media. I mean, you know, my Twitter is like the rantings of a 33 year old at 3 a.m. So if you're into that kind of content, you know, head on over. But no, I mean, whatever. I'm not a huge social media person, strangely enough. <laughs> None of us have been. So <laughs> it's hard to promote a podcast when nobody's a social media person. Right. But, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> trying to learn a little bit but if you want to get in contact with the podcast you can find us our gmail is manners of madness at gmail.com our uh, instagram is at manners of madness pod our twitter is at manners madness and our website is manners and madness.com and you can leave us a voice message yes and please if you would um we would appreciate it if you would rate and review on apple podcasts and next week, we'll just be doing the second half of Clueless with our same panel of guests. <laughs> so <laughs> come back next week and hear the thrilling conclusion. Yay. Right. Yay. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Good night. Bye.